Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 118. Where your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hey guys, what's going on? What's up, Jen? Hello. What it is, is hot. That's what's up. It's hot as hell. And it's it's like early June-ish, mid-June-ish, whatever. Yeah. But it's like, I don't expect this to like the last week of June going into July. It's like, No, I totally totally Well, we've had June gloom up until now. So it's a big jump for sure. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I saw that there was a national heat advisory not just for california but nationally so thanks al gore for the for <laughs> the uh what's it called uh what did he his movie inconvenient truth was about um climate change yeah climate yeah. change yeah yep so. so for me today i got my very first haircut by a professional Oh my god, the last haircut I got was probably over a year ago and I did it myself. I watched a Brad Mondo video and I, I, I put my hair up in four little equal ponytails. Sections. I yeah, in sections and I cut straight across. I I bought the professional kind of um scissors off of Amazon and I did it because back I remember back then, I, we were still in complete lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hair was so fried at the ends. And I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. So I just, I cut like about two or three, maybe four inches off. And that was over a year ago. So today I went and I cut two inches off. And I have had a great two, what, no, one week of hair, uh, like, time I guess you can say because I had lunch with one of my my best friends childhood best friend and she was talking about how she keeps her hair she has curly curly hair um, in good shape and condition and she said she uses the quote-unquote curly girl technique and if you search that on the internet you'll get all kinds of stuff that comes up but one of the main things that she does is she does not dry it with a towel and she puts in her product soaking wet after she showers. And that's what I've been doing. And oh my gosh, it has been like night and day. My hair is starting to get softer. It's less flyaway, less nice. like crazy. Like it, it feels like, so, and I, I invested in, I went to Sally's Beauty Supply and I invested in some good shampoo and the spray in conditioner that they recommended. And oh, Today, I had a very good hair day. And then they cut off the ends. And um, I can't wait to, uh, I'm going to, I chose this color. It's called Scarlet Rush. And it's kind of like a mahogany brown, but with like some reds in it. And I'm going to dye my entire hair. And I'm going to see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) How exciting. Very nice. Super exciting. (laughs) Yeah, so. I, I I cut my bangs. I let them grow, and I they're already the length they were when I cut them last time. 
Um, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, but no, I'm, I'm holding off to actually get a professional to cut my hair. Cause I've during the pandemic, I've cut my hair like three times. Like uh, I only did it once. And then I was, and it, the first time we were in lockdown. So I was like, Oh, well, if I screw up, I screw up. Nobody's going to see me, but <laughs> I didn't want to take that chance again. <laughs> Although I feel like I did a pretty good job. Brad, Brad Mondo is um, a very good instructor. <laughs> <laughs> That's super yeah, cool. Yeah, I cut my hair during the pandemic too because it was like, it was fried and I was, and it was getting super long and it was choppy because I had, um, um, I had had a fucked up haircut uh, mm. from some time ago. And it looked okay when it was short, but once it started growing out, it did not look okay. So yeah. I was just like, time to even this out. Uh, <laughs> and again, I watched a YouTube video and I put my hair in like four equal little ponytails. And then yep. I, except I did not have the good scissors. And I, and <laughs> that I didn't want to dish over the money to get. Uh, so what I used was chicken, um, uh, kitchen shears. Oh, yeah. Which, oh, okay. are, which I mean, it wasn't bad. They're made to cut through chicken, so they cut through my hair. <laughs> <laughs> we use our kitchen shears for every freaking thing. So that was my second option, actually. But I did. I, I bought. I mean, when I say professional, what I mean is I search Amazon until I found something for nine ninety nine, and they were sharp, so uh, they did its job. Oh, good. Oh, well, that's exciting. No, I just cut my mine with regular old scissors. I don't even know where they came from. I just grabbed them and cut. And that was it. Um, but it worked out. I mean, I wasn't like I said, it was locked down. So nobody saw it anyway. And I right. didn't style it. It was just to get it out of my face. Yeah, so it worked out. But ladies, remember a week ago, we went out drinking. We bar hopped. And it was- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we did. It was really great. I wanted to take a picture of all of us with our vaccine card and with our drinks but oh yeah that would have been cool yeah I was kind of running late and I forgot to text you guys and you know but um but yeah it was a lot of fun a lot of people have uh, commented to me like the the how sexy the drinks looked (laughs) yeah um I mean they tasted even sexier so I mean and just to let you guys know out in the audience those longtime listeners Sarah has finally agreed with Kristen <laughs> that drinking and eating at the same time is a thing that I have grown to love and been introduced on Sunday last week and I loved it. Yes. So we Yay. order drinks and then order uh, some like hors d'oeuvres and so we would drink and munch and talk and drink and munch and talk and it was just great and in between the drinks we did drink water so it just like prolonged the buzz I don't know it was great I loved it (laughs) I have to tell you I have been thinking about that passion fruit margarita since last Sunday it was so good Uh, oh and also that hottie the hottie the the cinnamon horchata whatever drink it was oh that was really good too that one was good I am down to go and get that passion fruit margarita and we can go there early in time to make it for mimosas. Yes. Yeah. Madres, we were five or 10 yeah. minutes. 
what was it five minutes before yeah. uh, the cutoff time on five dollar mimosas so we're like before we sat down we're like just a round of mimosas but <laughs> so it says till three and i go yes we have five minutes do it man do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was great it was really great i really had a good time the food was also good that guacamole mm -hmm. was really good with the tip with the uh, chips i think they make them there i don't think they buy them they look really they seem really homemade yeah yeah the guacamole we had at uh, tortilla cantina yeah, yeah i like tortilla cantina's chips a lot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so honestly yesterday was a day that i had um my my godson's high school graduation pool party but if it wasn't for that, I would have been, because I know we have our podcast and we couldn't miss another week of it just to go out drinking. But I was prepared. I was like, if I didn't have to do this all day, I would definitely would have taken another round of, of day drinking and eating and just enjoying life. Oh, man, yep. it was just really great. Same. I yeah. really had a great time. And I didn't realize how much I missed doing things like that out in the world. Yeah until I did it and the next day I was a little bit drained not really hungover but really much more just kind of physically drained I think I just think just because I'm not really used to being out in the world anymore but it was, it was so worth it I really loved it I got up and did my miles the next day I know I saw that and I'm like oh my god how the hell does she does that like I told you I'm a professional <laughs> <laughs> that's so true <laughs> But anyway, I had a great time, girls. And um, yeah, we just, we were really responsible. We had our hand sanitizer. We wore our masks. Um, and it was just great. And we were distanced from the other people. And there wasn't that many people out there doing day drinking. So mm -hmm. um, that's always the plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a Sunday. So it yeah. wasn't that many. Everyone else was uh, home praying. All right, guys, what time is it right now, Kristen? Well, I believe it's la hora de la cervecita. Excellent. And today we are trying Pink and Proud IPA. So this is another, um, I believe, collaboration with the Pink Boots Society. And it says that annually on International Women's Day, the Pink Boot Society encourages participation in a collaboration brew day to celebrate women in the craft beer industry. Since its founding, Common Space Brewery has made pink and proud to honor all the women who work hard to bring you delicious beer. From sales and marketing to the tap room and even, yes, up on the brew house, the women of Common Space are critical to everything we do here. Join us in toasting them in appreciation of their hard work and perseverance. And it says that um, this beer uses Pink Boots blend hops, which I guess is specifically blended for uh, this particular collab. Um, I've never heard of this word before, grist. Um, and it says Rire Pale and Simpson Caramel. This is like some technical sciencey chemistry stuff uh beer making uh terminology well i'll have to look up what grist is and then yeast is bsi barbarian and the art on it is really cute it is um just a uh, a cartoon style like art drawing of women performing all kinds of different 
jobs that you would see that goes into running a brewery. So there's someone like stirring the, the brew in the, um, in the, uh, what are those big things that they make beer in? <laughs> in a vat. Uh, the yeah, bats. in the vat. Thank yeah. you. Uh, there is a woman ringing up something at the cash register. There's a woman actually serving the beer from the taps. There's somebody bringing it in on a dolly. There's actually somebody growing the hops. Somebody just, uh, I don't know what this person's doing. Oh, she's, she's dumping stuff into the mixture. It's just really cute uh, depiction of how women um, contribute to the, um, the brew industry. And I think that is so cute. Yeah, yeah, I really loved it. And I, I'm glad I picked it up. I got this one at um, at Corks and Caps in Torrance. And um, Common Space Brewery is a brewery I went to for a specific event on a can release for, oh, beer, cool. for, beer, for beer Thug Life. Um, I believe it was, uh, uh, I forgot what the name, but uh, I forgot the name of the can, but anyway, I was able to go to this brewery um, and pick that up. I couldn't get anything on tap because you had to have reservations to actually mm. because it was still during the lockdown. And this brewery is uh, located in El Segundo. It's 3411 West El Segundo Boulevard in Hawthorne. Um, and I don't know if it's open yet, but they have a lot of cool merch and a lot of great beers on tap. And um, and it's a, it, it, uh, so if you like drive past it, you, like you miss it, you have to like like going to the back area where um, the parking is because that's where they have their patio. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's near me. That's cool. I'll have to try it out. Yes, definitely. And um, so I really love the can and I always said that I was going to pick up the pink boots uh, collaboration beers if I found them around the city. So I'm glad I found another one this, this year. Um, I think last year I, I only found one. And this year I found two or three, nice. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we've already tried a few. And this is a 7.3% ABV. So um, that's pretty good. Not, uh, not too shabby. So I'm going to open mine and see what it tastes like. Okay, guys. So I've been, I've been drinking since Friday. I drank on Friday because my husband left in Nicaragua. I drank on Saturday with my family because we were at the cemetery. Oh, right. And, and, um, and so I woke up with a little bit of a hangover. So I'm a little bit apprehensive at sipping this beer, but it really smells good. <laughs> <laughs> it does actually smell really good. It smells very fruity. Fruity yeah. and citrusy. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Yeah. Well. I have not been drinking all weekend, but I have been eating junk food. Mm -hmm. And when you eat junk oh. food, when you are, when you went, cause I have, I've been doing like a, a half whole 30 where I'm trying to eat whole 30, but I'm not super strict. Like if there's a special event that I'm doing the special event, I'm going to do the real whole 30 in July. But, um, so this last weekend was a weekend of special events, uh, including <laughs> just that I wanted to. <laughs> and so including, my point, but not limited to. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, is that when I eat crappy food, I wake up like a hangover. I wake up oh, totally yes. dehydrated. Sometimes I'll have a headache. Sometimes I just feel like shit. It's so strange. 
how my body reacts to food that is not good for it now that I'm older. <laughs> uh, and also when I go from eating more clean plant-based plant-based uh, diet to um, like yesterday I had hot dogs, potato chips, candy, bunt cakes. I, I, I even advocated for pizza, but people wouldn't let me eat pizza. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, Kristen, we have enough food. I'm like, but I want pizza. Um, so anyway, that's all to say that Sarah, you feel hungover from actually drinking and I feel hungover from eating crappy. Dang. Well, I'm neither because I've been drinking mostly ice water because it's so hot. hot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I do, I did just, I, okay. I took a drink first because my, my beer isn't hot, but it's not Uh exactly cold. Yeah, it's like it's like a little under room temperature, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I took a sip, and it's it's really really tasty. But I just poured it uh, over ice right now. Oh, that's a great <laughs> idea. No, that's in a my in my cup that had soda before. So oh, <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> that's so, funny. What do you think, Kristen? What do you what do you what are you sensing? So it um, it tastes like it smelled. It tastes fruity to me. It tastes citrusy to me. It has a very strong aftertaste, but not hoppy aftertaste. All those flavors are staying around in my mouth mm-hmm. and are very, it's very light. It's not a heavy uh, IPA at all. Um, there is that hoppiness at the end, but it's not, it's not too bad or too, I say bad, but it, it doesn't take away from the rest of the flavors of the beer. And uh, it's actually really good. I like it. Yeah, I have to say the same thing. It definitely has kind of like a weird lingering. And I don't mean weird. I mean, in the sense that it's like fruity, very flavorful. It's very fruity. It's very strange for an IPA to be fruity like that. Yeah. In this way, for some reason. And I kind of. I really like it. mm -hmm. I kind of. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's it's okay. I feel there. It's a little bit um, sweet, too. Like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After. Yeah. I guess that's what I meant when I said weird. Like, it's weird (laughs) for an IPA to be sweet like that. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, because I was going to, like, I was going to say I tasted it sweet, but I I was like, it could be because I just poured it in a cup that had (laughs) soda soda in it. Yeah. (laughs) That had soda in it before. Um, uh, And so it tasted sweet, and I was just like, oh, but, like, I don't mind it. It's almost almost like a cider if it didn't have so much fizz. Yeah, yeah, right. It has yeah. kind of that kind of mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. But that just makes me like it. I like it. I like the fruitiness. I like that the subtle uh, sweetness. And it doesn't, like, you can taste the hops, but they're not like that sharp bite of hops right. that I'm yeah. used to, to with most IPAs. It's it's gentle, I think. This, this taste, this whole palate, this whole taste is like very gentle. It doesn't over hit you. It's it just rocks kind of you to sleep gently. Gently. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a no. little flirty. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I really, really, really enjoyed that. Like, it's a totally different kind of take. Um, I, I don't think I've ever tasted this kind of. Yes. Since I agree. Yeah. yeah. With the, when it comes to IPA, definitely. Um it, it means a lot to me. Like I give a lot of points for IPAs that are able to distinguish themselves from most other IPAs, because one of the things that I do not 
appreciate about IPAs is that because it is such a widespread type of beer, a lot of people tend to try to make them in a way that causes them to taste just like every other IPA that's out there. And when there are ones that are very unique and have um, unique uh like flavors like this one, uh, it really stands out to me because um, sometimes you drink one and you're like, yeah, th this is just like every other one that I've tried. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, most definitely. And then you kind of struggle to find the unique part of the new beer you're drinking, even though there's so much similarity between IPAs in a sense. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really I'm really excited that this is to like almost totally different for an IPA yeah kind of and like I love this this can art so much <laughs> I, I know you know and that's actually it's really what, cute yeah that's actually what drew me to to actually pick this up and look and read and I'm like oh crap it's common space oh shoot it's the pink boots so I was like oh I'm taking this for sure so um, I'm so glad we're trying that today uh, especially because it says pink and proud and it's pride month so even though it really doesn't have anything to it doesn't mention anything about you know pride um, but it you know it 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 almost looks like it we'll pretty. take it that way yes right. yes <laughs> yeah so are you ready to rate it yes so yeah. for listeners who may not be aware we rate our beers on a five point scale where one is flaccid two is initial a three is a partial a four is full and a five out of five is rigid and if there's a beer that we love so much that it can't even fit on the scale then that is super saiyan so i'll start this is Kristen, and i'm going to give it a full i really um, was impressed with the flavors. As soon as I opened the can, I could smell fruitiness, I could smell citrus, citrusy um, notes, and the flavor did not disappoint. And it was very unique, not in a unique bad way, but in a unique good way. Um, if you're an IPA lover, I think that um, it has enough IPA uh, like identity that you'll enjoy it, but also the fact that it's just so um, interesting in its palette, uh, I think will have you buying more. Yes, this is Sarah, and I also agree with Kristen. I'm going to give it a full. I really like the completely different kind of um, kind of way they're introducing an IPA with this type of blend. Um, I really appreciate the artwork on this and um, the little synopsis of uh, the brewery and, you know, joining this Pink Boots collab um, brew day. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I I love how it's, there's kind of like a little sweet aftertaste. So that's, that's my rating. It's going to be the four, the full Monty. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Jen, and I'm also going to uh, agree with Sarah. I'm going to give it a full as well. I really like that um, uh, fruity, sweet uh, taste that it has. I liked the fact that uh, even though I poured it over ice, it didn't lose a lot of its flavor. Um, so it's it's a good solid, especially like I would probably give this to someone who doesn't like IPAs or someone that you're trying to introduce to. Uh, two IPAs hmm. I think it's a good it's a good beginning craft beer uh, yeah so highly highly recommend it and we'll give it a full excellent so that was four full guys 
All right, guys, it's now time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, you have some Chisme for us today. So my Chisme revolves around the fact that Loki, the new streaming show from uh, the most recent streaming show from yes, yes, um, yes. <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney Plus streaming platform um, premiered this last Wednesday. For whatever reason, they premiered it on Wednesday this time instead of or, and new episodes are be coming out on Wednesdays instead of Fridays, which I don't know why, but um, we still didn't have enough time to watch it till Friday <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But my chisme revolves around the fact that in the TV show, the very first series, very first episode, which is um, the only one that has been released so far, um, there was a little bit of kind of like an Easter egg. And it's very relevant to the fact that it's June and it is Pride Month. Um, those of you who are Loki fans may be aware of the fact that um, Loki... Um, is pretty much like Deadpool, like pansexual. Um, mm -hmm. But in the TV show, um, I won't spoil it, but there are some like, quote unquote, official documents that um, are like, um, I don't want, I'm trying to say, explain it in a way that doesn't explain what happened in the show. But for those of you who have seen the, the, the trailer and stuff, you kind of get the idea that Loki has been um, captured in one way, shape or form. And there are official documents that list his uh, sexuality or, or his identity as fluid. And so um, mm -hmm. a lot of fans caught that and are very um, excited about the fact that Marvel is doubling down on um, this character uh, and the fact that he's been written this way this entire time, and now they're including it in the uh, Loki TV show. And I think it's just cool uh, that that small little minute thing that some people may just overlook because it's not relevant to them is such a huge freaking deal to people in the LGBTQ plus community because it is representation, it is acceptance, it is just uh normalcy mm -hmm. and i think that's really cool that's it really is awesome mm -hmm. and uh loki itself like the norse figure as well and yes. the one that marvel loki was based off of is he's always been uh for marvel specifically he has been written as gender fluid and pan as well like a gender fluid non-binary um, uh, character and like lady loki existed mm -hmm. even though it was what's his face who made her but like lady loki exists yeah and um, um and loki sometimes goes back to that form as well in mm -hmm. his comic so it's um, um it's it's really it's really cool and i'm glad that they that uh, they decided to be like yeah like this is this is who he is instead of being like oh no this is somebody completely different for this movie and i can't wait for uh the gatekeeping fanboys to be like why are you changing the our all of our characters i like dude <laughs> just like you said jen like it's been thousands of freaking years that this that this god has been in existence in this way like get over yourself <laughs> yeah i saw the uh episode and i thought it was really quite amazing the way they took part of the movie 
scenes in that oh, Loki yes. was in, mm-hmm. and they they were like re- like fluidly uh, intertwined into the TV series, which I am really excited about. I really love it. It has like these really kind of like um like almost a little bit of a legion feel where you can't Ugh. watch the screen because you'll miss something yes that watching legion was so nerve-wracking to me that i stopped watching it after episode three <laughs> <laughs> because that's exactly true you couldn't even blink your freaking eyes or look away because there was a noise outside you would miss the entire like relevancy of that episode so I've, I've not tried to go back to watch it. I'm, I don't have the brain power to do it. <laughs> no, yeah, but no, I really, really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see other stuff. There's a lot of things going on and a lot of things were, it made me kind of a little sad for the character Loki himself it, within his first episode, but I can't wait to see how the story unravels. I also have some Chisme de la Semana and I... I went to Netflix and I saw Sweet Tooth and I couldn't stop watching and I binged the entire thing and now I can't wait to season two because it's so good. The casting, the acting, um, it's just really, really amazing. Um, It's been so long since I've read the first trade, the first two or three trade paperbacks of Sweet Tooth. So I'm actually um, looking forward to going to my library and pulling those books out and seeing if um, they are uh, the same as the the show on Netflix. I have been told by my brother that there have been some changes, um, but what, where they're going with the story is really, really good. And it's actually really relevant to the times we're living right now. So um, I really strongly suggest you, you know, give Sweet Tooth a chance. The whole season is out on Netflix, uh, but it's really good. The kid is amazing. And I, I can't help but think all those little kids that, you know, are li- like have little animal traits. They're so adorable. Why do they want to kill them? i it's going to take me some time to work around to watching sweet tooth but um i've heard also for some people that there have been changes but for those of you who have watched it and have enjoyed it just to let you know the entire series came out in a compendium last week so it is available at your comic book store where all of the issues in one compendium are available and you can just read through the whole thing and I don't believe it's too it was too pricey I want to say maybe it was like 50 bucks but don't quote me on that but um it's pretty it's probably about the same size as a walking dead compendium Right, right. Yeah, and I saw that on Jeff Lemire's Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, yes, I actually, I think I have like the trades. Um, I'm not sure up to what number. Uh, do you know how many trades came out of Sweet Tooth? Just off no, the I don't remember. Okay, but it's been a long time and now the series is out. And I'm. this is a series that has uh, inspired me to go back and read the books and see if I can, um, if, if I'm as happy with it after reading the books again but it's I'm not dissatisfied because I did read the trades and it didn't seem like anything that I I I actually loved it so I can you just give a quick I've only read the first volume so um and it's also been years but since you've just freshly watched the show can you give a quick synopsis to those listeners who may not be familiar with the property 
Oh, yes, absolutely. So um, it starts with uh, what happens is there's a plague that is killing off people, much like COVID sort of almost. <laughs> and so during the time that um, this great sickness, the great sick has taken over the world and people are dying everywhere. Uh, at the same time, kids, the newly born children are being born with animal characteristics. So Sweet Tooth, his name is Gus. He is he looks like a deer. So he has the little horns and the little ears and he actually has night vision and she has a, some uh, attributes like smell and, and so forth. Um, and he was actually um, was taken by his father to go out into and live in the woods. So they're, they're like off Yellow, Yellowstone Park, uh, Yosemite. I can't mm -hmm. remember which part, but um, they're, <laughs> they're living off there, off the grid. And his dad is teaching him to be very careful. If he sees a human, he has to hide or run away. Like he's not, um, he's not able, he's not allowed to go past a certain like chain link fence. Um, but, you know, he's a kid and he's like, I don't know, like seven, eight or nine, whatever. Um, then stuff starts happening. Um, everybody in the world starts blaming these children, these uh, mutated children, whatever, uh, for the sickness. Um, and so there's a lot of places that um, are safe spaces to live, but the kids are being hunted down by like, it used to be the government, but then it became a separate entity altogether that's hunting these kids down and killing them. Um, that's what people think. But in reality, these kids are hunted down and being tested on. So all their body parts, their fluids, their brain matter, whatever, is being used as uh, to try to find a cure for the sick. Mm. So, yeah. And it's just, it's a crazy, crazy ride. There's this one guy they call the general who's just like heartless. So it just, it gets really great. It, it's, well, it's, it's definitely a perennial favorite and one of those uh, comic properties that 100% are ones that when we get asked at the shop, like, what's a, what's a book that, you know, that uh, could get somebody into comics that doesn't really read comics? Like, Sweet Tooth is one of the um, titles that used to always be told to me when I was trying to get into comics and read more comics um if only you didn't like Lemire's artwork I know <laughs> I'm not a fan of Jeff Lemire's artwork at all uh, <laughs> um and uh but I actually there are other Jeff Lemire books that he doesn't draw but that I really there's we have some people in the shop that are not Lemire fans at all um and others that <laughs> are their number one fans but like Descender, I'm a, a big fan of Descender. I really oh, like that book that a lot. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. That one, an Eisner Award, uh, what was this? A Daniel Nguyen? Daniel, yeah. Yeah. He won an Eisner for the artwork in Descender. Yes. And that was a really compelling story, along with the artwork, was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but yes. So, um, it's really, it's really good. I mean, I, I am going by the show right now because like I said, I had to go back and read the trade paperback. But um, as of right now, the storyline is really good. The actors they cast are really good. And I'm really enjoying, especially because the kid is mostly the, the star of the show and his acting ability. And, you know, it's just like really amazing. I, I um, there's so many things that are so new to him because he wasn't born in the regular world. Like, oh, yeah. So like he wasn't been exposed to so many things so like one of the reasons of course the reason they call him sweet tooth is because these people use uh 
uh, candy bars to lure the, these mm-hmm. animal kids and capture them. Um, but in general, uh, that's how they come across Gus is he finds a candy bar and like he just starts munching away at it. And then there's another one like Hansel and Gretel with the little like uh, path of like, <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah, no, check it out. Definitely. Just give the first um, episode a try. If you don't like it, then email me. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I do love? I love the email. fact that. <laughs> Almost everywhere I turn on streaming platforms, uh, on uh, in the theaters, uh, on TV, um, network TV, there is a freaking property that the source material is a comic book. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And I, I wish that more people were aware of it. And I wish that it actually encouraged people to come into the store more. Um, but we are seeing more people come in, um, uh, like Jupiter's legacy has brought people in to, uh, buy that. And actually that's sweet tooth. A mom came in and it was her son's birthday and she bought that companion because she said that her son really loved that TV show. So she was going to buy it for him. Um, The boys, when the boys came out, had a lot of people. Watchmen Mm -hmm. found a resurgence of uh, importance uh, uh, when it the TV show on HBO came out. Mm -hmm. I mean, didn't it win an Emmy? I believe so. Yeah. 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 It won an Emmy. I think Regina King also won an Emmy for Watchmen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or she was at least nominated. I don't know if she won, but maybe she did. Um, But I mean, they're now invincible. Yeah. Invincible people are coming in who uh, love the show and are reading the book. Um, So I just uh, said, Sam, (laughs) I say Sam Elliott. Uh, I meant to say (laughs) Sam Wilson. (laughs) Um, and um, Winter Soldier. So uh, that TV show definitely brought a lot of people in as well. So I just love that people are being exposed to comic book characters and comic book properties and stories. And are, I hope that they are beginning to really realize that there are so many compelling stories that originate within the medium of comic books and that's what we that's one of our main focuses that's one of our main goals here at Comadesi Comics is to share that with the listeners um, with a highlight of Latinx and and women creators of course but I just hope that uh, every time uh, somebody listens that they find a little nugget of something that interests them that they can go and find um after listening absolutely and did you guys yeah. hear that el peso hero is being made into a movie gasp and it's funny so yeah we're just really happy i mean i know i'm happy whenever i see something that's like oh based on the comic book yes it's like yeah. a little victory dance inside of me yeah mm-hmm. but yeah that has been our cheese guys <laughs> All right, guys, and now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? So we are reviewing a book that I solely ordered for the shop based on the title alone. I didn't even read the description <laughs> before I was like, yep, this is for me. <laughs> and um, it is a book published by Black Mask Publishing Company, which is a small um publishing company and it is called Alice in Leatherland 
Now, who would not have their interest piqued by a book called Alice in Leatherland? And the first issue is actually uh, an issue that has the artwork of pretty much everything that happened in issue one. And I guess I didn't notice before, but there is like a leather mask here. There's a BDSM collar. Um, I, I swear that looks like like a bullet that has a USB uh, connection, <laughs> a, a bullet uh, vibrator. Yeah, that yeah, has yeah. a USB mm. plug. <laughs> that, was, that was that was revolutionary because you know how many rechargeable. Times- yes, yes. Because you know how I'm, many I'm batteries those-, those things freaking go through? Not only that. How about when I want to use it and it's out of juice and it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> I no. hate that because then you gotta plug it in and wait. No, like, I mean, it was before plugins, and so it was battery operated. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm out of batteries. Oh my God. That, that's yes, being out of battery sucks. But the other thing that sucks is relate. <laughs> after you use it and you just put it away, but then you don't think about recharging it for a later day. And then when you happen to need it and you go to get it, you realize you never recharged it. So then you have to wait. And by then, I'm like, nah, I'm over it. I'm, what's on TV? <laughs> for me it was like because i still don't have the recharger for one but i mean i'm that's the next purchase on my list but the thing was is like when i ran out of batteries and had no batteries and was mad at myself the rest of the night because i had to manually stimulate yeah and i was there like angry rubbing Ugh. <laughs> But yeah, the motion Sarah just made was <laughs> God. I wish everybody could have seen it. Oh my gosh! Okay, so back to leather. I mean, Alice in Leatherland. <laughs> back to leather. So, yes. <laughs> so this book um, says that uh, it gets twisted into body LGBTQIA plus sex comedy. Uh, it is. Uh, it says. Oh, so this is a book that real-life couple Iolanda Zanfardino and Elisa Ramboli created. Um, it's a sex comedy, and uh, it says it does not skimp out on heartfelt romance. So it is about Alice, as you probably can determine by the title. And Alice is a young writer of children's storybooks, which is so ironic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she is hurtled out of her fairy tale like life when she unfortunately discovers her girlfriend has been cheating on her. Charmingly defiant, she leaves her small forest town and leaps into a new adventure to seek love and find herself in the fast life of San Francisco. There, her concept of pure magical love will be completely overturned, but her biggest challenge won't be reckoning with other people's sexual drive. It'll be getting a grip on her own. So uh, it is a very amazing first issue. If that is all you ever read, um, I mean, at the end, it makes me want to read more. But even if the first issue is all you ever read, there's so much funny stuff in it and just Mm -hmm. fun stuff that it is like in and of itself an amazing. I don't know. I know it's a limited series, but I don't know how many issues it is. But so far, three have been out. Yeah, uh, issue three came out on June 9th and yeah. it's a five issue series. Oh, okay, so Aww. only two more. Yes, 
Um, which is awesome because you get the whole story arc in one, but kind of sad because I really, really, really love the character of Alice. She's so like uniquely um, innocent and sort of like bright eyed to the world. Yeah. So when she discovers her her partner <laughs> was uh, scamming on another soccer gang fellow um and then she and, and i think in her little heart of heart she wanted to like make sure that like she wanted to allow her partner some time maybe to compose herself before so she called her partner and her partner didn't answer the phone and asked she threw down the phone and said yeah it's what's her name or whatever like so like whatever so it was she like he called her a little pain in the ass yeah exactly mm-hmm. and i was like <gasps> i was like Alice, oh, you no. do not run away from that. You go directly in there and you punch her in her throat. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, though, our little Alice uh, packs up her stuff. And so previously to this, we see Alice and, and having a discussion with Robin, who is helping her out with her book. And um, Robin makes a point of saying that Alice really is more of a person who really wants that ha- fairy tale happy ending. Um, and mm-hmm. all her work is kind of sort of shaping within that kind of uh, genre, like the fairy tale happy ending. Um, the book isn't finished, so they're discussing it. But Robin, she's like a she's like a really like self assured woman that doesn't believe in monogamy, but she has the hots for Alice, and she kind of like makes little hints towards it, and also invites her to go move to San Francisco because that's where a company that works with her books is and they she said that she would love Alice's work um Alice just declined she's like no no my partner you know she has a job here whatever whatever but when she finds out that she was cheating on her she goes immediately home packs up her stuff and it's like okay I'm gonna take you up on your deal and wrecks the house yeah yes, she does not just that. pack yes <laughs> I was like yes you go girl she <laughs> throws her, the computer that kind on of the ground is what I would do she just mm-hmm. dis- she throws her gaming console on the ground. She destroys the entire apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part because it just started with the like the TV. She looked at it and she just tilted it over ever so slightly and wham. And that's yeah. how it all starts. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so she takes her up on that and they move to San Francisco. But Alice is like, um, you know what? Um Robin told her, hey, you can live at my apartment. There's plenty of room because uh, Robin obviously really likes her. And Alice is like, no, no, I, I could make it out on my own. I'm going to find my own place, whatever. And she finds a place with Joaquin, who I think is a dominant uh dominant you think <laughs> no it's very there is, that it's very clear that they're dumb. it's very clear that Joaquin I mean is the first thing that happens when Alice knocks on the door is Joaquin answers it the door opens and it is him kicking someone and saying stay put now and, and not only is he kicking him but he has a leather one piece on with boots and heels and a leather mask so there is no (laughs) there is no wondering whether or not he is dominant or not (laughs) so i 
I really like, and it makes you, I mean, all these scenes throughout, they make you laugh because there's this one point where he's like, oh, honey, sorry, sometimes I have to bring my work home with me. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, I see what you're saying. It was kind of funny. Um, and the other roommate is Kaguya. Kaguya is a performance artist, but apparently, like, the performances are so enthralled uh, that there's this man that is like, like, screeching outside the window saying kaguya i love you and there are multiple people outside <laughs> not just one man it's multiple people and and she's <laughs> like i told you what stays in the what what's done at the performance stays in the performance and i'm just like okay what what is she, what does she do like i apparently i guess like the performance kind of like enchants them in some way and so they like <laughs> you know what that reminded me guys of that one time I went to the strip club and was completely like obsessed with that one stripper. <laughs> and did you follow them home? <laughs> no, but I would drive by the strip club. Just wow. I know. And I did that only for like, this is like a, a, a whole episode worth of information right here. Not only is this a uh, look into a, uh, what would better be off with a therapist, but also <laughs> secret secret <laughs> secret kinks unveiled <laughs> but no no i mean i get it why they're so like kind of like obsessed in a performance and i i kind of got that like and i'm like oh i'm kind of glad that i'm not the only one so reading this book i'm like oh, okay cool i'm normal I, yes i have to say that that for those couple of pages where the scenes are of Alice first coming to her home and and the part that we skipped is that when she tells Robin that she wants to stand on her own two feet and do it on her own we see her actually doing an apartment search and yeah. every single one God, she looks relatable. at is just like you can't afford it ha 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 like don't even try and then she finally comes across this one that it was is like you know yeah, like you can afford it and it's not too bad. It's acceptable. And it is a one bedroom in a three bedroom house and she's sharing it and utilities are included. So of course in San Francisco, something affordable like that is unheard of. And so she jumps on it right away. And when she gets there, she is just like thrown into this scene of people in leather and people, you know, screaming for other people. And the, the Kaguya woman is just wrapped very daintily in ribbon that barely cover her nipples. <laughs> and it, I told Jen when we first were talking about this last week, when <laughs> I picked her up, I was like, I'm not going to lie. Like this scene where there is a man in a leather mask with a bow tie holding freaking appetizers and then the people that are banging on the door saying I love you and like please take me back I'm like this is my fucking fantasy right here like <laughs> being a dom and having people like uh like worship me and feed me food and do my laundry like sign me the fuck up <laughs> my husband oh, just came yeah. around the corner and he's like um yeah i'm right here <laughs> and the leather i mean that's the important part <laughs> I, th I think we just uncovered what 
Kristen's next uh, fun times with Eddie is going to be. And it's going to involve <laughs> a lot of leather. I'm not going to lie. I have multiple times um, thought about becoming a dominatrix. Like when I first moved to Los <laughs> Angeles, there was an opportunity where a friend of mine's aunt kind of started getting into it and like started training as it. And I was like, mm-hmm. and she was telling us these stories about men who would like buy extravagant presents for their, for their doms and like um, cars. I mean, these men were so wealthy that they would buy such pricey gifts. And I was like, yep, I want some of that. And there was no sex involved. She a hundred percent was like, nope, no sex involved. I'm like, I can do that. And it was, I was in my twenties and I did not have the self-confidence that I do now in my forties. And I still, I, although I thought I could do a good job, I wasn't confident enough to like pursue it. And that's one of my biggest regrets (laughs) that I didn't go to dom school. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, no, I knew a girl who did that and she worked at the Chateau and um yeah she would tell me stories she's like yeah you could do it you could totally do it but i like you i did not have the confidence or um i would definitely feel bad for the guy that i'm torturing so oh, not me <laughs> <laughs> never feel bad for them what the hell no that's yeah, what is so, there i mean if anyone's listening and has the hookup i'm down for it still so <laughs> i mean there has to be a kink for somebody who wants a chubby Latina dom. So here I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, we follow the story of uh, Alice and throughout the like scenes in her life that she's living through, she also has little like paper pages of her, mm-hmm. her story that um, follow this uh, a firefly, which is her. It's so cute. It's super cute. Yeah, the firefly is so cute. And, and um, so we see that and then sometimes we see her scratching the page or scrapping it because mm-hmm. um, she's trying to make it a, put, put a positive spin while her actual life is falling apart. Um, so we see Joaquin and Kaguya, they actually, you know, like Joaquin checks up on Alice and Alice is like under the covers crying. And so like he tries to console her. And so he brings what I think was two spoons and either peanut butter, two spoons and, and, and ice cream. And so they proceed to eat the ice cream and talk and talk and talk. And so at, by the end of it, they're both under the covers crying. Oh. And, then, and then Kaguya comes in and she's like, what the fuck? And then she's like, there better be another spoon in there for me. So then she goes <laughs> under there and they talk all night. Um, and they actually all fell asleep on on Alice's bed and Alice completely of course you know after being such emotional outpour she falls asleep and you see Joaquin and Kaguya are having a conversation and they're like you know we really need to take care of her do you really think she's gonna make it out here in San Diego and they're like no San Francisco Francisco. I'm sorry I was yeah San Francisco and um and Kaguya's like no and he's like well are you up for the task and she's like yeah so next day they're having breakfast and um joaquin is making the best pancakes ever (laughs) and so they're eating and kaguya is being served uh, coffee by one of the um submissives in a mask and then she proceeds to pour the coffee on his chest and he just like withers and is like ah (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was like, and she does it while not stopping the conversation. Like she's still conversating. She just like matter of factly pours the coffee on his chest. And and Joaquin's like, oh, way to go, like way to tag in, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, but uh, one of the things that Alice was uh, expressing to them was like, okay, I don't want to go through my savings. Like I already paid three months rent, uh, but I really need to get a job, you know? And so, um, oh Joaquin, my God, tell me that she's going to be a dom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Joaquin takes him, takes her to a place called Leatherland, mm. who, <laughs> who is uh, the owner, Peter, I guess, owes Joaquin a favor. Uh, mm-hmm. for helping him out many years ago so basically he walked her through the store and showed her all the sex toys they have uh, she's <laughs> just freaking out because she tried to like she turned on a vibrator now it's like you know like, <laughs> like vibrating vibrating on a table she's like oh my god and she's like trying to turn it off and you know like she knocks over some other boxes and stuff like that and he's like so what's up you you, you know you think you're a friend and she's like she looks at Joaquin she's like okay so like that's kind of <laughs> That's kind of where we finish issue two, where she's taking she's taking a job in Leatherland. Um, um, oh, that's cool. You know, I've also inquired about working at a sex store. There's one here in Torrance that has a sister store in Santa Monica, and we used to drive past the Santa Monica one all the time on the way home, and they always had help wanted. And I was like, I could do that. I could, I could uh, sell sex <laughs> toys, and um, and I actually inquired once at here the one in Torrance but the time frames just wouldn't work for my schedule um but I thought I would be good at that <laughs> yeah no I I I love my sex plus shop. a discount right oh my god <laughs> there's this one that I saw at the pleasure chest in Santa Monica and it was like a like a pendant like it was shaped like a bullet but it was really fast vibrating mm-hmm. and it was char- USB chargeable but it was like 165 bucks uh, so Imagine like, the money you spend on batteries, Sarah. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. Um, but yes, I'm just saving up for a really good one. So I'm excited. There's this one I have my <laughs> eye out on. I went to drop off my cousin in Tijuana one time because he was taking a plane from Tijuana to Mexico. Apparently it's a way cheaper flight. And um I made a I made a U-turn in the wrong section and I ended up on F Street. F Street. That was the name of the <laughs> store. Street. Yes, the name of the store was Fifth Street. I go in there and there's like, oh my God, so many vibrators and stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? It's time for me to get a new one. So I got one and I'll never forget F Street. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, there's uh, in Torrance, I think there's one called the uh, Treasure Chest, I believe. And then there's another one off of Sepulveda. I forgot what the name of that. Yeah, one. the Sepulveda one is the one I go to, but I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, Treasure it's, Chest is on West, not Western, uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Yeah. 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 And uh, the other one I think is called Simple Pleasures, I think. Sexual Pleasures, uh, Dreamy Pleasures. I don't something know. Something pleasures. with Pleasures. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been inside that one, but I always drive by it and I see all the lingerie and stuff. Yeah. So. Anyway, I am excited because issue three is out already. Um, and I know Kristen has it in the store because I totally want it on my pull list. The art <laughs> is really amazing. I freaking love the art. I love how Alice is. She's a little bit chunky. She loves yeah. sweets, loves, loves, loves sweets, like donuts for breakfast and stuff like that. So I really, really, really love that. Um, um, just the art, everybody... 
and then there are sections where there's actually no dialogue, but there's a lot of facial expressions. And I really, really love how they portray a lot of emotion through just the art itself. So I really enjoyed this book. I really loved it. The cover art is amazing. The colors they use, it is um, just really great rendition of this. And oh my God, I totally forgot the Pride Parade. So she's out there like trying to you know be in her new town alice is just walking around just like trying to suck in the uh environment and everything and she sees this t-shirt for sale that says uh, proud bear mama <laughs> and, and, so, <laughs> and so um she was i think living next to a uh, national park so she's like oh i miss my bear cubs and oh so she gosh. buys she buys the shirt and she, and then she <laughs> She's walking around the city and she encounters a pride parade, a pride parade. Uh -huh. And like, okay, I'm going to check this out. So she checks it out. There's like boobs out there. There's, you know, rainbows everywhere. And, and who does she see on a motorcycle at this pride club? But Robin, Robin is there at the parade as part of the parade. And she's like, oh my God, Alice, what's going on? And they're talking and they're like, obviously trying to have a conversation but this is a place where robin has a lot of friends and we know she's not monogamous so what happens all these girls start coming up to robin it's like oh robin and they just like kiss her in front of uh, alice and one of them licks her on the on the cheek and and then so now <laughs> alice i mean alice is queer but she's a little bit apprehensive and a little bit like more reserved yeah more mm -hmm. reserved so She's seeing all this happen with Robin and she's like, okay, man, okay, like, I'll talk to you later, okay, like, bye. Mm -hmm. And so she's, like, walking away and then who does she run into? She runs into two big bear men. They <laughs> her shirt and they're like, yes! And they put her on their shoulders, they lift her up on the shoulders and put her on, and they just <laughs> carry her into the parade and she's like, um, oh, okay. <laughs> like, if like, that oh. is going to happen, to me, I'm going to get me a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Jen of knows course. I have a bear king. Oh, <laughs> she does. <laughs> she does. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a, a big soft spot for, for bears. I have a, my, one of my friends is a bear and love it. I love it. He's just so amazing. And he just like makes me so happy. And it makes me smile every time I see him. And he's there with like his beautiful pastel colors and his big fluffy beard. I love it. So yeah, like when I when she got the t shirt, I'm like, um, Alice, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> nope, but definitely no. does not. But yeah, then she becomes a part of the pride parade herself because they're carrying her on their shoulders. But it was freaking to uh, such a cute um, moment. And the artwork was really reflective of that. The artwork throughout this is amazing. I, oh my, I'm such a fan of this style. It just is so very beautiful. It's a little, it has a little bit of anime uh, attributes too. Um, mm -hmm. but but in itself it's just really just a, a voluptuous rendition of Alice I love I love that they share the love of, of her the sweets that she loves and um, you know I love the emotion Joaquin evokes um, when his heart like kind of hurts for her and it just it's just really an amazing book I really 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 love this and I'm so glad we came across it and actually um, 
uh, Yolanda, um, she's the one who contacted me and was like, hey, you know, like I have this book coming out, like maybe you want to take a look. And then and then Kristen was like, yeah, I already have it in the shop. And I'm like, oh, my God, let's do it. <laughs> so, it was just great all around. Such great. We're energy. on top of our shit. Like, yeah. honestly, this book is really, really good. It's like it's it's funny. It's like if it was if there was such a thing as an LGBTQ sitcom, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> this is what this book is. And it's and it's really fun. It's like it's like it's pretty like sex positive. I love the colors and the arts for it. And I love the story that we get as well. And like like I want to say like I relate to Alice because that Alice was like me at one point in time, way early on when I was just figuring out my sexuality and stuff like that. I was just like, huh, what is <laughs> this? What is what is BDSM? What is all this other stuff? And just trying to figure it all out. Uh, so I really, I really liked it. I think, I think it was, I think it's a, a really cute, really fun uh, story with sexy times involved, <laughs> partially. <laughs> story with sexy times involved. There's the title of the podcast right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I had a lot of fun with it and I can't wait to read more of it as well. All right, so I think we are ready to actually rate the book. Yes. So this is Kristen, and I am giving this book the whole panaderia where the pan dulce is shaped in vaginas and penises. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's a thing. What if we can have a concha made with like a vagina uh, frosting on top? (gasps) <gasps> that would be awesome <laughs> oh my god that's revolutionary right there oh ooh. <laughs> no i oh actually second that rating because that's a perfect rating for this book and yes i totally loved it i love the art i love the storytelling behind it the writing um the comedy the sexy times the the heartbreak the you know the the innocence behind you know alice's character um i loved it all so yes i'm gonna second that rating what about you jen uh Based on like the issues that we've seen and that we've read, I'm going to give it uh, the series itself uh, and the panaderia itself as well. I can't wait for those uh, last two issues to see how the story unfolds and how her relationship with Robin uh, pans out because I'm really I'm invested mm-hmm. in them. I think they're really cute. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for right now, yeah, same like the entire panaderia, all the sweets for Alice. so uh highly recommend the book please pick it up it was really good awesome all right guys it's now time for on my radar kristen what is on your radar on my radar is a book um that has come out by dc comics and it is their new uh horror line and it's a black label book and it is called the nice house on the lake and i have to tell you that when these books came out uh was it last week i think their covers were so creepy and weird and ominous but i had no idea what it was about like nice house on the lake like it the title doesn't really tell you much obviously there's a nice house and it's on a lake um but the story itself was super interesting so there's this dude named walter And in the beginning of the book, we find that 
um, we see him talking to multiple different people. Um, he has different relationships and friendships with all kinds of people. And they're always talking about the same thing. How do you think the world is going to end? And so uh, the comic just weirdly follows Walter as he's talking to these people. Some have met him since they were children. Some just met him a week ago. Um, and, and he seems very weird and strange. Um, but people, for whatever reason, are drawn to him. But he's always asking the same question. How do you think the world's going to end? So um, it is years later. Some people haven't even talked to Walter for a really long time. When all of a sudden, they all get this invitation to a party at Walter's house. And so um, some of these people have just had like a really tough time. And things are just really crappy in their lives. And they're like, you know, this sounds like really good. I want to get away from it all. So there's about 12 people, I think, that go and meet at Walter's um, beautiful house in the woods on the lake. Um, and it's like super nice. It's private. You know, not very many people can get to it. And they're promised a week of just amazingness. So while they're there, though, um, something weird happens and they realize um, that some crazy shit is going down in the real world and not the real world, but like in their at their hometowns and their home cities, whatever they're starting to see on social media and on the news and all this that like stuff is is happening. And they're like, oh, my God, what's going on? And in this first issue, there's one character who starts to kind of put two and two together based on her conversations with him that he did this, that somehow he chose the way that the world was going to end and Whoa. he is somehow involved Whoa. and that these 12 people are there for a reason. And it turns out that he is, we don't really know yet, but he refers to my people and uh, that how um, my people um, wanted to um, basically end this civilization, um, end this earth, but I like you people and I wanted to save you. And that's kind of how it ends where, where one of the people tries to attack him and you see that he is not human at all. And that's oh. where the first issue ends. And so all these people are stuck here in this house where the rest of the world is just losing its shit and uh, ultimately is going to die. And these 12 people are trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Who is Walter? What is Walter? And how can they get out of this place and save themselves? And maybe, I don't know if they can save humanity or not, or if it's just a lost cause. But the first issue was so freaking good. It was so freaking creepy. The art was amazing. The, the covers were amazing. It was just, I can't recommend it enough. We sold out the very first week. Um, I think that Wednesday, uh, it, they were all gone. So I'm um, wow. trying to remember who the writer is. Um, I am looking it up on GC website. And it is, oh yeah, that's what I thought. James Tinian. 
So uh, he has been coming out with some really good horror titles recently. So I definitely recommend that you read The Nice House on the Lake. Number one has come out. Um, I believe that there probably will be some second printings coming out soon because um, I think it was very popular all over the place. Uh, and so number two, you'll be able to probably catch up on number one um, around the time that number two comes out. So definitely check it out. That's super cool. All right, it's now time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today I have uh, for us a nonprofit organization that is called DSTL Arts. And DSTL stands for Develop Skills and Transcend Limits Through the Arts. So their mission is to inspire, teach, and hire emerging artists from underserved communities. Um, they believe in educating their community and building a community that is aware of the actual value of the arts, uh, not only in their local communities, but also in their local economies. They provide uh, things like um, classes to learn how to write and to learn how to draw. They support uh, zines. They have uh, artist residency workshops. Um, and they have an arts mentorship program. And guess what? This is the organization that our friend Melina um, had her artistic zine uh, published oh, through. Oh, that's right. The one yes. uh, about autistic stories, yes. correct? Uh -huh. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, they have um, a mobile unit that goes out to the community and brings art to the uh to the underserved neighborhoods um they have uh a conchas y cafe zine uh, <laughs> that's cool um i'm trying to look about the the uh van i was reading an article about it uh earlier where he this dude sold his like very expensive like collectible car uh, to actually fund this organization. It is a nonprofit organization and you can find uh, information about it at dstlarts.org. Um, and I want to tell you about this, uh, about this van that they take all around to different underserved um, communities and it is a mobile art lab. And it says it's bringing uh, art programming to the streets of LA. So um, they have a large format printer and scanner and they go wherever young creative minds are, uh, mostly East, Northeast and South Los Angeles. And yeah, he had his name, uh, the founder is Luis Antonio Pichardo. Um, and he had a low rider that his dad bought in six, 1969. It was a Chevy Impala Custom. Wow. And he sold that car for the startup money for this uh, nonprofit organization. That so, is really amazing. And ded yeah. what dedication. That's really cool. So not only is he the founder, but he's also the executive director. And um, he sold the Impala to, uh, to buy a, a mobile art lab. So he bought like a van that a Jeep Renegade that he turned into an art lab. And it houses, like I said, a, a large format printer, a scanner, and it's for the 
the people who are the creators to print and reproduce their arts, zines, and writings. So that these creators not just are creating these things, but they're able to have tangible product after they're done and be able to like share it or sell it or whatever. So I think that's super awesome. Um, he wants this mobile art land to um, expand. And so he's also looking to do fundraising and that kind of thing. So um, probably I know that they actually have mint, uh, I'm sorry, volunteer opportunities, but probably because of COVID, um, it might be on hold. I'm not sure, but definitely if you are a creator or if you know of a community that might um, really benefit from something like this, um, check them out at dstlarts.org. Oh, excellent. That sounds really amazing. <gasps> what if in the future they could have like a 3D printer on their mobile station and then they could 3D print art as well? Uh, this sounds so amazing. And just the dedication, like I know how hard it is for you to actually let go of the personal items that were owned by like your parents. So yeah. that just shows like amazing dedication and love for this project. And um, man, man, that sounds really, really amazing. Thank you so much for bringing that to to our podcast today all right now it's time for in la libreria jen what do you have for us today so today i have for you deliria reflections for queer folk and those who love them it's a bilingual zine that addresses queerness mental health and trauma while looking towards the future with hope and it's actually being done by a mexican creator and it's it's uh it's kind of like it says uh on the kickstarter page the campaign says and in the intersection of technology and humanities has always been a huge passion for luis ruiz uh specifically in regards to social justice and gender studies uh given the current political climate that surrounds gender violence against sexual minorities and women in latin america and the world at large large so he decided to choose to merge all those interests to emphasize the importance of education on those matters over prevalent entertainment purposes in an ever-growing digital landscape. Deliria is a transmedia experience two years in the making, originally conceived as a thesis to Lisa's graduation uh, as an interaction and digital media design student in Mexico City that has since evolved into a fully realized life project. It's gender-orientated, sociopolitical, multimedia installation that makes up, that has three major components. So it's, it's a huge, it's a huge project. So, but that's being uh, collected into a 96-page bilingual zine wow. uh, that features six different testimonies from people that belong in the LGBTQ spectrum and their allies. And they share intimate stories that address the Me Too movement growing up queer and Mormon, parenting as a drag performer, and being the first cisgender woman to win Mexico City's drag race, among other essays. And it's, it also has collaborators that include the Bouguet Brothers, Dragulas, Dis, Disasterina, uh, award-winning author Maria Paz Amaro, uh, and writer and comedian H. Allen Scott, and rising drag star Cobra. So it's it's a huge, 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 huge project uh, and that has also an immersive virtual reality experience that wow. you can access uh, 
and as well as a series of six infographics that portray the main concepts of gender studies through AUG, through AR technology. So it's it's a huge project and it has, uh, when you back it, it's actually in pesos, but okay. they translate it, uh, but they, it's been translated over into uh, like US dollars if you're in the US. And the goal is actually only $2,012 and it is halfway there. It's currently at $1,170 with 36 backers and as of today, 17 days to go. So please, please, please back this. It sounds amazing. It sounds like a huge project and it sounds like it's like it's been put a lot of thought into and an examination of the uh, of LGBTQ people and their lifestyle by someone who's LGBTQ. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I really love that. Um, yeah. I also have in La Libreria and uh, ours, uh, the one I'm sharing is from Indiegogo. It's the Cryptidinals and the Cryptidinals are monsters of myth uh, confront dark cyberspace entities known as tulpas from destroying reality. And this campaign is being uh, spearheaded uh, by 656 Comics in El Paso, Texas. Um, their goal was $3,000 and they're currently at $10,170 wow. and 162 backers. Uh, basically, the Crypt Titles is a 132-page black and white graphic novel written by Ray Ramos and also illustrated by Dario Rodriguez who also did Las Nañaras um, and that I really loved it was like a single issue and it was really really good um, the story is the crypt uh, cryptids uh, live among us monsters of myth and fable some gods some devils these things are what are what our fear of in the dark is based upon. Uh, in every culture around the world, there has there have their own stories about the beasts in in their own backyards. But what if the stories and legends are truer than we believe? What if these abnormalities have been their own secret society and has been around since the dawn of man? Furthermore, what if the society is being threatened by the new horrors arising from the ethereal realm of cyberspace. Um, with evil tulpas uh, created through the power of belief. Uh, so yeah, there's, uh, it's quite an amazing artwork. Uh, this particular artwork is made up of the shading by little lines, like repetitive little lines. And that to me is like so amazing because it takes so much time and effort and just like a lot of focus. And these monsters look freaking scary AF. Um, so <laughs> so um, I really love the, the artwork right here and the storyline I'm sure would be really amazing. But um, I, I personally uh, am sharing this Indiegogo because we met uh, 656 Comics back in Modesto for the Latino Comics Expo the last time we went. And they were a, um, a very like tight knit crew of, of writers and artists uh, who decided to um, put their comic books into print and um, just by the numbers of the people that are following them you know that there's a lot of fans out there of 656 comics so that's what's on in La Riveria for me and now it's time for saludos guys Kristen you have some someone que quieres saludar go for yes. it yes 
I would like to saludar. It's a it's a twofer. Twofer. It's a twofer. So we have a friend of the podcast whose name is Santos Medrano. And you may recognize that name as a uh, member of the Brothers Bear podcast. Um, the podcast is a podcast that Santos does with his brother, um, Carlos, who is a stand-up comedian and super funny and cool. Um, and you can check out uh, their podcast uh, at brothersbearnetwork.com and also follow them on any of the regular streaming platforms. And they're pretty much just like nerdy, catch-all. They talk about all kinds of stuff. They're music buffs, they're comic buffs, they're gamers, like all kinds of stuff. Um, but the reason I am saludando him today is for his own, for Santos's own personal creativity and amazingness of being in partnership with a company called Los Gats Company. That's right, Los Gats. It is um, a, uh, this company puts a Rasa spin to your dark waves. It's LA based and Rasa owned clothing brand that basically takes like uh, goth icons and sensibilities and puts a interesting twist on it. Um, and uh, the cool thing that I wanted to talk about today is this amazing t-shirt that I got that Santos um, designed and created in uh, partnership with Los Gats company. And it is the shirt that I have on today. It is a picture of um, Robert Smith. And I, I know that you guys can't see it, but I want to describe it as best <laughs> as possible. Um, it's a picture of Robert Smith and he has running dark eyeliner down his face. <laughs> and so obviously it looks like he's crying. <sighs> and it is the iconic picture of Robert in his days of the, of the big poof and his, his big hair and his red lipstick. And underneath it says, boys cry. So if you're <laughs> a Cure fan, you know the major hit of theirs, Boys Don't Cry. So Santos took that, um, that song title and he created this picture of Robert Smith and he changed it to say Boys Cry with a picture of Robert Smith crying and black eyeliner running down his face. So I love it so much. He sent it to me in the mail and I um, am going to uh, cherish it and love it for the rest of my life. Um, uh, and uh I, I wore it the first, I got it yesterday in the mail and I wore it today and it's just so cool. And if you go to um, the website, there are more designs by him uh, and it is um, Los Goths company. Uh, I want to make sure that we're at the, at the right. Uh, it's losgoths.com. So L-O-S-G-O-T-H-S.com. And there are, um, long sleeve shirts, there's shorts, there's sweaters, there's t-shirts. Um, there's a funny, uh, <laughs> there's a funny design that says no eye trick or tree, no candy. <laughs> um, and then is, is uh, it all misspelled? Cause I love that. Yes. It's all misspelled. <laughs> no eye trick or tree. Um, and then there is a, um, one that I really like 
that uh, is um, based. So Depeche Mode is Santos's favorite band. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there is um, Violator has this iconic cover that is of the roses. If you remember, um, those of you who are familiar with um, with Depeche Mode, and he created a shirt that is that, and it says Como la Flor. Oh, like a Selena. Uh-huh. Uh, Selena oh Depeche God, Mode. So if you know Depeche Mode, then you know it's a Depeche Mode shirt. Yes. Um, and there's one uh, that I really thought was funny where I, I can't find it, but. What, was um, it the one with, with the blood in blood out uh, slash? No. Uh, um, what was that vampire movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Lost Boys. Lost Boys slash um, Blood In, Blood Out. Out crossover. I thought. Yeah. That was, I thought that was clever. And then there's a Susie and the Banshees one that says "Came Ves Pendejo," and it's her eyes. Oh, her I eyes. love it. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I didn't realize he had so many designs, and they're beautiful. They're great. Uh, and then there's this one: Gahan and Smith and Curtis and Murphy. I want that one. Um, those are all iconic goth singers from the 80s um so Gahan David Gahan from the Push Mode Robert Smith from obviously the Cure I don't know who Curtis is but Murphy I'm assuming is um uh uh Peter Murphy first name Peter Murphy yes mm-hmm. um okay so here's this one so it's a shirt that says get in loser we're going crying which <laughs> is obviously um the crying part because goth um goths are supposed to always be sad and depressed and blah 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 but um so anyway um, it is i'm so sorry the get in loser part is from mean girls yes oh, yes. i loved it okay go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so uh it is so cool so amazing you can check them out on instagram as well they have freaking twenty thousand followers close to and their ig um is Los Goths company. So L-O-S-G-O-T-H-S-C-O. And Santos is in um, partnership with them designing clothes. They, he also has a podcast, Brothers Bear Podcast, and they have a network, brothersbearnetwork.com. All kinds of cool stuff that he's involved in. So check them both out. And saludos to all of them. Yeah, they also have an 88 miles per hour podcast that kind yes. of 88 miles per hour is like kind of a reference to um, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And um, and they talk about, um, they hop in their DeLorean and they revisit movies, music, and moments in the past. And that's also part of the Brother Bears Network podcast. Yeah, I mean, he's so active and he's just, just so much stuff. Like, he also cosplays, guys. He yes. part of, um, what are they... Uh, Monkey Princess Mon- Loca and yes, yeah. okay. So they're also um, their cosplay personas are mon- monkey monsters cosplay, and they went viral a few years back with um, Han Cholo e Princess Loca, uh, and then they threw in Chewie uh, huh? and uh, Artudito yeah. and uh, something else I forget what it yeah, was. Yeah, uh, but- so like it's Arto. Like for the longest time when I was young, it wasn't R two D two. It was Arturito, como uh-huh. Arturo. <laughs> and so like it's their son. Um, he dresses up as R two, and he has a big sombrero hat. It's super yeah. cute. And for a bit, they had um, they had Darth, not Darth Maul. They had the uh, God, uh, the Kylo Ren. 
as like oh yeah um, as an emo kid emo kid it was yeah. so funny oh uh-huh. my god I mean it, they just oh my god they blew they just blew my mind it was amazing like I when I first met them I was like I thought I was like oh my god you guys are so famous I'm I can't believe I met you and I met them at uh, Heidi Ho's uh free comic <laughs> book day uh, comic con so yeah yeah, it was just such a big treat. And they're such an amazing couple and so very nice and so part of the comic uh, community and the convention community out there. So, um, yeah, uh, saludos to them, all of them. They're amazing. They do so much stuff in the geek community and um, we really appreciate all their stuff. All right, guys, now it's time for the end of our episode. And today our end is we finally are going to do the raffle. <laughs> I, finally, I finally did it. So I'm, I'm basically Yay. grabbing a paper out of the bag. And it is the winner of the ninth annual, um, ninth anniversary of Monkish Can Release. And um, the two issues, issue one and two of Lightning Strikes, autographed by Marcus Newsom is Enrique Rea. Enrique Rea, you have won our drawing. And he, he subscribed to our YouTube channel of Las Platicas. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. You are the winner. We will contact you and send you all of your goodies off to you. Um, and if you don't want them, I'm so glad to drink that can for you. No problem. <laughs> Um, but if you want it, I'm more than happy to send it to you. Uh, so again, the, the winner of our uh, rate and review and subscribe um, or drawing is Enrique Rea. Thank you so much, guys, for participating. Thank you for all your um, comments and reviews and for subscribing to our YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for listening. Um, please remember, we have a Patreon going for the uh, Period Podcast Network. Um patreon which is where they can find that kristen yeah just patreon.com slash period podcast network excellent and what else where can they find us for everything everything absolutely everything for everything else you can find us at comadresecomics.com you can listen to our episodes you can find all of our social media you can contact us directly um t- uh, theoretically (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think i forgot to follow up on that but but um you can also email us at comodicycomics at gmail.com so um check it out there's some cool pictures uh pandemic pictures it's gonna that's gonna go down in comodicy comics history of when we had to take uh podcast pictures with our masks on exactly that but that was a lot of fun we great it was yeah yes it was hard to eat the concha though but yeah <laughs> next up we're gonna be eating conchas on our pictures but thank you so much for listening thank you for visiting the website uh thank you for subscribing and liking thank you for listening thank you for all your support uh we really appreciate you guys every each and every one of you guys and if you guys have some hate mail please 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 rate it and put it on the uh apple's review because i would totally think that we finally made it if we get some hate mail (laughs) (laughs) but uh thank you so much for listening this has this has been episode 118 we have been your host i'm sarah i'm kristen and i'm jen (laughs) bye guys (laughs) Bye. bye Oh, 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 oh,